If we're not breaking down our melatonin first thing in the morning, then our circadian rhythms, which are our sleep-wake cycles, can become impaired. So making sure that we are breaking down that melatonin first thing actually helps you to get a better night's sleep the next night. Is January already feeling like a slog? Are the short dark days leaving you lethargic, down and unmotivated? Do you feel like you want to be brighter so that you can embrace change? Then you're in the right place. In this episode, I'm going to be sharing some tips to get you through the second half of winter, feeling energized, positive and focused. Welcome to The Thriving Metabolism, where it's my mission to arm you with the knowledge motivation you need to repair your metabolism, optimize your health and achieve and sustain your weight loss goals. I'm Louise Digby, registered nutritional therapist, weight loss expert, and founder of the Nourish Method to Lasting Fat Loss, a six-month personalized program for women over 40, designed to get to the root cause of stubborn weights. So today, we are going to be talking about how we can get you closer to your goals by making sure that you feel good and bright and positive in the first place. Because let's face it, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling lethargic and tired, then it's going to be very difficult to actualize your goals, you know, to put into place the steps, the habits, the intentions that you've set for yourself. And, you know, if you're feeling like perhaps you're, you, you haven't been able to follow through with the intentions that you set for yourself already, then what we need to do is break those goals down and break the steps down. Let's make this easier and let's make it so that you can do something to make yourself feel better. And then once you're feeling better and brighter, we can come back to those goals, come back to those intentions and make better progress because you're going to be feeling a lot more motivated to take action. So the first thing that I want to talk to you about today is something called a sad lamp or a lux lamp, or sometimes they're called a vitamin L lamp. And these are lamps that emit light, which is in the same wavelength as daylight or sunlight. And these lamps are really handy because on gloomy days, when the sun does not make an appearance, it's really helpful to get some of that light artificially. And so these lamps are something that you can pop on your desk or, you know, put next to you when you're eating breakfast or whatever routine is going to work for you but these lamps you only need to use them for 10 minutes if you've got it quite close to your face or you could have it on for longer if you're having it a little bit further away perhaps set back on your desk a little bit and by doing this the natural daylight or the synthetic daylight that is emitted by these lamps they break down the melatonin in your brain. So overnight, you produce melatonin, 
or much more before bed to make you sleepy. And then that melatonin helps to keep you asleep and keep you in a deep sleep. And then in the morning, what's supposed to happen is we break that melatonin down and we convert it into serotonin, which is our happy hormone. But if we're not exposed to daylight in the morning, then this process is impaired. And the melatonin can hang around in our brain a lot longer. And that can make us feel more lethargic, sleepy. It could also make us feel a bit down because remember serotonin is our happy hormone. So if we don't have enough serotonin, then we're more likely to feel a bit gloomy. So these lamps help us to basically speed up that process of breaking down the melatonin and converting it into serotonin. Now, this is not only important for helping you to feel bright, but it's also important for good quality sleep at night. If we're not breaking down our melatonin first thing in the morning, then our circadian rhythms, which are our sleep-wake cycles, can become impaired. So making sure that we are breaking down that melatonin first thing actually helps you to get a better night's sleep the next night. So really, really important. I talk all the time about how important sleep is. So this is one thing that can make a really big difference to your well-being and to your sleep and your overall mood and health. Now, these lamps are not expensive. You can get them on Amazon, really, really cheap. So it's well worth checking them out. Just make sure they have a really high lux reading um, around about 10,000 is a good amount I've been led to believe. So check those out. On days when the sun is out, then it's a good idea to try and get outside into that daylight without sunglasses on as early as you can. So again, getting exposed to that daylight as early as you can is really, really helpful. And I should say that, you know, if you're using the lamp, then we want to be using this first thing in the morning. Um, it's not going to be as effective if we leave it to later in the day. We certainly don't want to be using it in the evening because that may block your production of melatonin. So whether it's natural sunlight or whether it is one of these Lux lamps, try to get some exposure to these daylight rays early in the morning. It's going to help you sleep better. It's going to help you to feel brighter and more productive as well and really, really simple to do. So as part of that, I said about getting outside uh, to get some sunlight and moving your body at the same time is going to be even more beneficial. Often when it's dark and it's gloomy or if it's wet or if it's cold, we just don't feel like going outside and we just want to stay in and hibernate. And we feel like that makes us feel better if we if we snuggle up and get cozy and warm. But actually getting outside, getting fresh air, exposing ourselves to the cold, if the sun's there, exposing ourselves to the sunlight, these are all things that again are really helpful. Um, moving your body is a big part of all of that as well. And the combined effect of moving your body, getting fresh air, getting whatever daylight there is, um, and just getting away from 
snuggling up inside is going to be really, really beneficial for your well-being, for your productivity, particularly if we can do that early in the day. Um, but any time is fine. You know, there's so many benefits of, of going for a walk, even if it's just a short walk. It helps your digestion. It helps to ease back pain, neck pain, if you're, you know, sitting at a desk all day. So there's many, many benefits of something as simple as going for a short walk that will translate into you feeling better in lots of different ways. So definitely consider doing something like that if you are feeling a bit gloomy and a bit down. And I know it can feel hard if you're feeling down and if you're feeling like the weather is really getting you down, then the last thing you wanna do is go out in it. And it does feel hard to get yourself out the house and it can feel hard to keep walking and not turn back. But once you do get back home, you will feel the benefit of it. You know, you'll feel the benefit of just getting your blood moving and getting some fresh air. Now, I often find at this time of year, a lot of my clients struggle with a lot of noise in their heads. And that can be for lots of reasons. You know, it could be because of setting goals and intentions and struggling to follow through with them. Or it could be because of a feeling of pressure, you know, putting pressure on themselves to, you know, make the most of the new year and be a new person. Sometimes it can be because they've had a difficult festive season and they're reflecting on, you know, the dissatisfaction they feel with circumstances, family circumstances, all that sort of thing. And also, it's just very common to feel a little bit down in January, um, I think a combination of perhaps withdrawal from sugar and um, feeling like there's not much to look forward to or there's not a lot coming up in the immediate future. Perhaps it's going to be a little while to your next break or your, your next holiday. So all of those things can lead to some noise in your head, either about negativity about yourself or maybe it's just a a feeling of you know so much to do to make the most of the upcoming year not wanting to repeat the mistakes of last year whatever it is there can be a lot of noise in your head and this can again get you down and it can make you unproductive and it can make it difficult to take steps and move forward with your goals and something that can be really really helpful is doing some journaling just getting down on paper what is swirling around your head makes a world of difference. Getting it out of your head onto paper can help to just lighten the load and help you feel like it's not just in your head anymore and it can allow you to let it go and stop ruminating on things. But also often when you journal, you can come up with solutions to things or come up with plans to help you move past some of these things. So there's many, many benefits to be had from journaling. I know for me, when I've got a lot on my plate or a lot of decisions to make and it can be all swirling around my head, so often all I need to do is just take 10 minutes to get it down on paper and work through it and figure out an action plan. And I find that know quite straightforward to do when um when I'm journaling it's something that takes a little bit of getting used to if you've never done it before but I highly recommend it you can there's lots of different types of 
journaling that you can do. You can just write whatever is in your head down on paper. You can answer questions, um, which could be things like, you know, how am I feeling today? What do I want to achieve today? What do I, how do I want to feel today? That sort of thing. So you can answer questions. There's three minute journals that you can buy where you literally just write a few lines. So there's lots of different ways that you can do it, but it's something that is very beneficial for a lot of people, particularly if you've got a lot of noise in your head and you feel like you need to offload. Now, one thing that generally most of us should be doing is taking vitamin D, particularly at this time of year. Really, we can only make vitamin D, those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, we can only really make vitamin D through the months of around about April, May to about September time. And that's only if you're not wearing sunscreen and you've got a fair amount of your skin exposed to the daylight um, for at least 15, 20 minutes per day. So, and then that's in the middle of the day as well. So for most of us, we're not going to be making much vitamin D at any time during the year, but particularly not in the winter. And even if you had really healthy levels in the summer, it's going to be gradually dropping down over the winter. And by the time we get to January, February, March, our levels are going to be at their lowest. So we want to make sure that we've got plenty of vitamin D because low vitamin D can cause low mood. It can also cause a uh, impaired immune function. So you're more likely to pick up coughs and colds. It can disrupt your sleep. Vitamin D is actually a hormone, not a vitamin. So hormones are very much involved in your overall well-being, your sleep, your gut health, your immune function, your joint health, your skin health, so many things. So making sure that your vitamin D levels are optimal is ideal. And in an ideal world, you'd get your vitamin D tested and you'd take a dose according to what your vitamin D levels are. So if you can do that, then great. If you can't, then taking a thousand international units a day is a safe dose if you don't know what your vitamin D levels are. Of course, if you've been told that your vitamin D levels are high, then it's best to retest before you decide to start supplementing again. But it's pretty unusual for vitamin D levels to be high. You've got to be taking some mega doses for that to happen. But we do need to be cautious because we can get toxicity from taking too much vitamin D. So taking around about a thousand international units a day is a safe dose for most people. If you're darker skinned, you're more likely to be vitamin D deficient. So just bear that in mind. And you know, particularly if you're feeling low, make sure you consider adding in some vitamin D. But even if you're not feeling low, probably best to add it in anyway, because the vast majority of people that we test are low in vitamin D. And just while we're talking about vitamin D, when you have your levels tested by your doctor, they'll often tell you that if it's over 50, then it's normal. But actually, our levels need to be more like 90 to 100 for optimal function. And if it's below that level, then we're still more likely to get coughs and colds and immune dysfunction and various other issues in the body 
low mood and even a higher risk of certain types of cancers. So just because your doctor tells you that your vitamin D is normal does not mean that it's optimal. So take a look at the level and see for yourself if it's 50 or below, then we want to be taking quite a high dose. If it's somewhere between 50 and 70, then we want to be taking a a kind of moderate dose. And then if it's above that, then we just want to take something to maintain healthy levels. Now, as I said before, we want to make sure that we're making our goals smaller if we're struggling to get motivated. So if you've decided that you're going to be implementing a new workout routine um, from this year and perhaps you've planned to go to a few classes or you're going to be doing some home workouts or whatever it may be if you haven't managed to to follow through with your intentions so far then all is not lost we just need to break down that goal and For some people, that goal needs to be tiny. You know, maybe the first step is just buying some workout clothes. Or maybe the first step is just filling up your water bottle in the morning. And then maybe once you've got into the routine of doing that, the next step is to put on your workout clothes at a certain time. You know, release that pressure on yourself to do the workout and instead make the intention to just put on your workout clothes and go from there. You may feel motivated enough to work out, you may not, but just getting into the habit of putting on the workout clothes at the right time is the first step. And then when it comes to actually doing the workout, you know, sometimes we can set ourselves a target of doing an hour's workout and, you know, that can feel really big and daunting if you're not used to that or if you're having a busy day or if you're feeling stressed. So sometimes just making a goal to do five minutes or 10 minutes of a workout is much easier to get yourself to do. And then the likelihood is, is that once you're 10 minutes in, you're gonna feel like keeping going and you may do the full hour or you might do half an hour or whatever. So making little goals for yourself is much, much more motivating and it removes that resistance that we feel to those big daunting tasks. So definitely think about doing that if you've not been able to follow through with the things that you set yourself uh, goals for. And I think something else that's really important is to not wait until you feel like it. Sometimes, you know, when we're feeling a bit down or when we're trying to implement a new habit, we can wait for that moment of inspiration. We can wait for that motivation to come. But actually, one of the biggest lessons that I think many of my clients learn is that you can do things even when you don't feel like it. And again, making it small things is going to make this easier. But when you don't feel like it, you can perhaps think to yourself, okay, if this was easy, you know, if, if eating a healthy dinner every night was easy, what would that look like? Or if working out was easy, what would that look like? What is the path to leash resistance? You know, it doesn't have to be that you're doing things in the way that you originally intended or the way that kind of the societal norms are. You know, we when, when it comes to putting together healthy meals, we often feel like it needs to fit a certain 
um, mold in terms of, you know, it might need to have a name in terms of like a bolognese or something like that. But actually, maybe a healthy meal just looks like some pre-cooked chicken and some pre-chopped veg, maybe stuff that you've bought or maybe stuff that you've prepared yourself. Maybe it looks like some frozen veg out of the freezer. Um, And maybe it just looks like a drizzle of soy sauce on top of that. You know, it doesn't have to be that your meal looks like something amazing. It doesn't have to be that it is, you know, restaurant worthy. It can just be that you grab some chicken, you grab some veg, maybe they're pre-chopped or pre-prepared in some way. If that's how you're going to get a healthy meal on your plate, that's absolutely fine. Maybe you getting more exercise looks like going out for three lots of 10 minute walks per day as opposed to doing an hour several times a week of yoga or whatever you know we've got the ideal thing which is to do you know strength training or a pilates workout or whatever it might be and then we've got the opposite opposite end of the spectrum, which is doing nothing. And in the middle is that happy middle ground, which is something that is going to be achievable and sustainable for you. And it's going to be enjoyable as well. And so that could look like a lot of different things for many different people. But we need to let go of that should, that let go of that, you know, expectation that may be unrealistic and instead find that happy middle ground of what's going to work for you? What are you going to be able to do consistently what's going to be flexible enough to to fit in your daily lifestyle or what's going to be structured enough to mean that you can actually stick with it and uh you know i think some people work well with things that are flexible and that can adapt to their routine and other people work better with structure um because they they like to have a very rigid routine. So you've got to think about that as well when you're planning in your intentions. But ultimately, don't wait to feel like it. Start doing something, even if it's something really, really tiny, because once you do something, that will generate motivation. Motivation doesn't tend to come to us. We have to generate it, and action is what generates motivation and momentum. So do something, and once you've achieved something, it's gonna make you feel good, you're gonna feel really pleased that you did it, and that is gonna get you some momentum to keep going and to keep making further changes. For some people, the path of least resistance, the uh, the easiest way of doing something is going to be to get someone or something to help you with that. So that might be getting a recipe box or it might be um, getting someone in your family to help you to do some batch cooking or it might be paying a personal trainer to come round and help you do a workout a few times a week or it might be paying a coach to keep you accountable to keep you on track it might be paying a nutritionist to uh, figure out what you actually need to do what your needs are what healthy eating looks like for you you know what a what a blueprint or an action plan is going to look like for you figuring it out on your own can be the thing that 
keeps you stuck because you don't have clarity in what you're doing because you're not convinced of it being the best way of doing things um, and because it's very easy to fall off track but if you have someone there to give you the path of least resistance and the clarity and to keep you on track and hold you accountable then you're going to get to your goals far far quicker and without as many uh, falling off the wagon and going off piste so if that's something that you have access to, then you know that might be your path of least resistance. So it's always worth sitting down and thinking, okay, you know, if, if you're not making the progress that you expect to make, what is the path of least resistance for you for you? What would this look like if it was easy? So I hope these tips will help you to feel a bit brighter and feel a little bit more focused and motivated through these darker months. And I hope that you feel like you have some way of moving forwards towards your goals. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you want to talk to me about anything that I've discussed in this episode, or if you want to contact me about working together, then you can reach me by searching for at Louise Digby Nutrition on TikTok, Instagram, or Facebook. And you can email me by emailing louise at louisedigbynutrition.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.